This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick, Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome into the Sports Objective. We appreciate everyone tuning in right now on YouTube and Facebook. We're also archived, obviously, on both of those platforms as well as pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Um, a special edition of Pirate Basketball Overtime, obviously, on Friday afternoon. East Carolina parted ways with former head coach Joe Dooley and um, director of athletics John Gilbert had a clear-cut plan. And um, all signs point to uh, Tennessee associate head coach Mike Schwartz being named the next head coach at East Carolina. Uh, there is a board of trustees meeting uh, this afternoon um, being you know Wednesday at 3.30. And everything points to that being a meeting um, to discuss a confidential personnel matter, uh, which seems as though it will be the hiring and contract of Mike Schwartz. But uh, right now, to get some perspective, Matt Simmons and I are joined by Vince Ferreira. Um, Vince is there in Knoxville, Tennessee, 991 the Sports Animal, and then also the Vol Network. Vince, uh, I know you're headed to Indianapolis, so we appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy the the location and the arena where Tennessee's NCAA tournament ended in disappointing fashion last year is where they start this year's NCAA tournament as well. Lost to Oregon State last year in Indy, and they're going back to start it this year. But, uh, you know, six-minute drive from Knoxville, uh, six-hour drive, excuse me, to from Knoxville. So uh, Tennessee fans are obviously excited about this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, tremendous job that Rick Barnes and that staff uh, with Mike Schwartz Justin Ganey and company have done there with the Vols, um, building a building a very nice program um, where there hadn't been a whole lot of men's basketball success down through the years. Uh, so, um, you know, just right off the top, you know, tell us about Mike Schwartz. I know he's been there in Knoxville for six years now, had a relationship with uh, Rick Barnes going back to his playing days when he walked on. Um, after a career at Sonoma State in California, uh, the California native went to Texas, earned a walk-on spot, and then um, gave that up to become a, um, you know, a GA. And then that relationship with Coach Barnes was obviously maintained through the years um, before his arrival there in Knoxville, and now he's his associate head coach. Yeah, he he has been a rock alongside Rick Barnes. He's the only one out of the. Uh, the official assistant coaches that have been with him from the start. Several others have gone on. Rob Lanier, Desmond Oliver, uh, uh, Kim English, all have had great success at Tennessee and moved on and gotten to run their own programs. And you knew it was only a matter of time for Mike Schwartz. He was elevated uh, to the associate head coach uh, spot. Um, you know, he is the lead recruiter. He understands 
what Rick Barnes's vision in there. The vision is they're in sync in what they both view as successful basketball. Um, Mike Schwartz basically runs the defense. Uh, that's kind of a specialty, but he is so smart. He understands the entire game. Uh, so I, I, we've always, me, a lot of us in the media that have covered this team have always looked at, at Michael Schwartz as a future head coaching star. And obviously he knows the game. But when Rick Barnes, another cool thing that he does is he allows his assistants to talk. And that is one of the things that helps them prepare for head coaching jobs. And that's a part of it is you need to be able to talk to the media. You need to be able to handle the media and know what that experience is going to be like. Because guess what? The temperature is going to get turned up when you're there in that spot and things aren't going well. And if, if it's your first time, it's going to be rough for you. So Rick Barnes gives his coaches rope. He lets them run practices. He lets them do a lot as head coaches to prepare them. And then also in talking to the media. And then he's always impressed all of us the way he, he talks about the game to where everybody can understand it. And that communication piece is huge because – he knows the game of basketball. He's super sharp, uh, super guy. But you have to be able to communicate with young people. And he knows how to do that effectively to where he will demand uh, – he has a, a expectations that he you know, demands, but also he will hug on you too and – and, and deliver it in a way to where you know that he wants what's best for you and your development as a player. And that, that I think, is a special skill that not everybody has. Some guys just want to coach ball. Uh, Mike Schwartz is, is much more than that. He is prepared for a head coaching job. So I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he is going to be a terrific head coach. So – um, if East Carolina is the one to get it done and uh, get it all official, uh, I think that's a tremendous hire by John Gilbert in, uh, in that university. Yeah, Vince, and I, you know, I think that's a great point. You know, when you look at our fan base right now, really, it's a, it's a very – and this has nothing to do with Coach Schwartz – very divided fan base. Um, you know, you had half the fan base that, that was really very supportive – uh, I would say more than half of, of Coach Joe Dooley here and the job he had done. And, and then the other half, you know, or, or portion of it was sort of ready for a change. Um, you know, obviously, this was sort of the worst kept secret in, in college basketball for a while. I mean, Coach Schwartz's name had been rumored here. And I really didn't know much about him personally. But now that I've had a chance to really look into his background and see, he's, you know, he's a guy that's really – come up the hard way 22 years as an assistant you know in multiple locations he's had a chance to work with and and for some great coaches and obviously everything you just said about you know the way he approaches his business under Rick Barnes is obviously something that I think will translate very well so once you really start to dig into to who he is and his background you know I'm personally very excited about it and and I think the big thing is you know if you could touch a little bit on his you, you mentioned he's the lead recruiter at Tennessee is that correct Yes. Okay. You know, and, and, you know, just his ability to connect with players and his ability to recruit, I think, especially in the portal, 
will make him very successful here. So um, how do you see him translating as a, as a head coach, obviously taking all this experience and now applying it into his first year as a head coach? Well, you kind of touched upon it a little bit in having, you know, a pretty long background to get to this point. So it's, it's not too much too soon for him. He understands major college basketball. He understands the mid-major level. He understands the grind. And he is not afraid to succeed and take on big, bigger challenges. That's kind of what his track record has always been. Maybe it hasn't been fast-tracked, but he's taken those steps and been successful. Uh, just get, you know, starting from a student assistant, a video coordinator, uh, and then, you know, moving up the ranks in different places. And, you know, some when, when he got to Tennessee, he was probably among the Rick Barnes' initial hires, probably the number three, you know, in terms of guys in their sort of their pecking order on the staff. But then he's, he's moved up as those guys have gotten other opportunities, moved up, and this program has continued to get better. So I think he translates great because he, he, he has had opportunities to do a lot of things that the head coaches would do. And he's also a terrific recruiter, which is a big part of this game. Uh, Tennessee's recruiting has really kicked up in the last four years or so. Uh, all, you know, just in the last couple of years, Josiah Jordan James is a former five-star. And, and, you know, fans have been frustrated. It's not exclusive to Tennessee. He hadn't, per se, played like a five-star. But, man, he is super important to this team. And because of that, he stuck around. So he, if this team has championship or Final Four type of success, that kid is going to be a massive part of it. Uh, also, last year, they had two one-and-dones uh, in Jalen Springer and Keon Johnson, first-round picks that uh, are in the NBA. And, uh, and so those were, were five stars. Uh, this year, with Kennedy Chandler, their point guard, who is electric and special, he could very well be another one-and-done on to the, to the NBA especially because he's gotten better as the year has gone on. Brandon Huntley Hatfield is another one. He's a freshman post on this year's team. So he's got his hands in all of that. And, and that's, that was some of the initial criticism of Barnes and the staff when he first got here is, all right, when are you going to start landing the five stars? That's the only way to compete in the SEC. It took a couple of years for them to set the foundation, hat, get developed those four-year guys, the Grant Williams, the Admiral Schofields have some three-star guys that uh, you could maybe elevate even more in Grant. And those guys were kind of three-star guys. But having guys that you could coach and then they played up way above their recruiting uh, profile. And then, then you have star players that now – and team success. Now you can start adding the five-stars instead of just – immediately expecting that kind of success. Guess what? Some, some schools in the SEC that have uh, some coaches that have gotten five stars right out of the gate hadn't worked out in terms of team success for them. And so, uh, you know, Rick Stansberry, uh, Ben Howland, uh, you know, those, some of those kind of – Tom Crean. Yeah, they, they had some special individual players, but the team success hasn't been there. They – Barnes and Schwartz, part of the foundation they laid at first, 
to get program guys. Then you develop the, the relationships. You have team success. Then you add the elite players. Now you have a chemistry and a mix that is conducive to postseason success. Obviously, we'll see if Tennessee cashes in on that postseason success this year. But that that part of the understanding of what's best to build a program long term is something he has. Uh, and I think he would do it right at East Carolina versus cutting corners. You mentioned the transfer portal. That is such a different dynamic. And, uh, you know, Tennessee hasn't has gotten a few guys, but hasn't really had to rely on that a ton. But because of his relationships, because of how personable he is and the opportunity that he's going to have uh, so he's so well connected, I think he'll do excellent in the transfer portal, probably be more of a resource for him there than Tennessee, who has had some recruiting success in recent years. We appreciate everyone tuning in this morning on YouTube and Facebook. Again, um, the ECU Board of Trustees are scheduled to meet at 3.30 this afternoon. Wednesday, March 16th, uh, regarding a confidential personnel matter. And from all indications, that's going to be about the hiring and contract of new men's basketball coach, uh, Michael Schwartz, who's now associate head coach at Tennessee. And again, we're joined by his sports talk. They now won the sports ball network, and he's in Indianapolis for Tennessee Regional in the NCAA tournament. But, uh, you know, Vince, um, you know, we've had a lot of questions here on Facebook as well as YouTube regarding, uh, you know, his ability to recruit, which you just referenced. Um, but, um, you know, obviously it's going to be much different for him to recruit East Carolina than it is the University of Tennessee uh, with, with the SEC money and then just, uh, you know, the recognizability and even though they haven't had the success that the Vols have had on the women's side, uh, and I know that was a build, a still entirely different animal with East Carolina's lack of basketball tradition. So, you know, you've kind of gone in this direction already as far as his personability, you know, maybe connections. I've heard that he's has some excellent international ties. So, uh, you know, what are those characteristics of Mike Schwartz that you think he'll be able to, uh, you know, attract some of that talent to, to Greenville, North Carolina and East Carolina? Yeah, one hundred percent. That's a that's a great point. The international recruiting, he's key to that, and you know, we've seen every year he brought in Ian Pons, who is was one of the you know biggest athletic freaks in the country, and he was on on last year's team. Uh, we've seen this year Uros Plavchich, seven footer. Now it's taken Uros a couple of years to settle into a role and develop. He He's made a jump this year, but, um, you know, he was an international guy that was in the States, down in Chattanooga, then went to the State. But he knew him from, from you know, years before as an international player. Uh, they, they have a kid, a freshman, who hasn't gotten a whole lot of minutes, but they're really excited about his future uh, by the name of Quentin Dibunje. He's another friend, He's another kid from France. So they have gone the international route before. Olivier Kumwa, who is uh, a post uh, from Finland, that he was their best post scorer this year. He had developed before he went out with an injury, uh, and they lost him, and they're still having success even without him since then. So, um, a, a, you know, a lot of the, those international contacts, I imagine that 
he will go that route. I would expect him to have some players, even if it's not directly from there, but guys that he he recognizes and knows that maybe we're at another school and are looking for another uh, outlet opportunity in the portal. He's going to have those relationships and those understanding of what their potential is. So indirectly, uh, I, I think you may see some more some of the international players coming in. But um, he he is so smart and so well connected. I, I think he's going to understand what East Carolina needs, what's available to him there, and uh, and be able to uh, adjust. And Tennessee has adjusted. And I think he will, too. And I also have great confidence that he's going to hire an excellent staff. Uh, that's another thing that he really experienced a lot through Rick Barnes. Everybody that Rick Barnes hired has worked out and been terrific. And so I, I think that knowledge of, all right, you need chemistry within the staff. You can't just hire a guy with the best resume. He has to be lockstep with you. And everybody has to get along and be on the same page, have the same message, and then uh, and then be able to bring a little bit something different to your coaching staff. I think he will he will be an excellent hire of a coaching staff as well, and that is huge. Rather than having guys that are just looking for a stepping stone, especially there in East Carolina, where you could get used to try to get to a bigger gig. I, I think he's going to have the right – he would hire the right kind of guys to where you have that staff chemistry, which will get the most out of your team and your program. Yeah, no doubt, Vince. And, you know, when you look at uh, – I'm anticipating Tennessee to make a deep run in this tournament. You know, Coach could be he, – he's going to be pulling double duty here over the next several weeks. Um, you know, c- coaching Tennessee through this tournament. And then, obviously, I'm sure when he has time – you know, and I, and I know he's going to be a hundred percent dedicated to the to the Tennessee run here in March Madness. But I'm sure when he has some downtime, he's going to be looking at the roster. He's going to be sort of hitting the ground running, looking into the portal, doing everything he can to get this program moving in the right direction. So it's going to be an interesting couple of of weeks here over the next month for for Coach Schwartz um, pulling double duty. You know, so but but I wanted to ask you, Vince, um, what when you look at his style defensively, what is it that he really likes to do? Is it is he like is it full court pressure? Is it straight man? Um, every coach has a style. What is his style defensively? Well, I think the best description would be aggressive, and they, they've kind of evolved, honestly, defensively. And and I would I would say besides aggressive, I would say multiple. Um, certainly believes in man-to-man. Uh, this year, they've done a little bit more zone from time to time that's been successful. Barnes is not a big man, is not a big zone guy, but uh, Mike Schwartz, I-, I think, understands that at times you need to, to mix in and change the looks. And a lot of it is based on personnel. And that's, you know, another positive about Mike Schwartz is I, I think he knows you can't just have one system, whether it's basketball on defense or football on offense, and then try to to force those players into your system. The best coaches are going to adapt to their personnel. Barnes has been excellent at that. 
and I think Mark, Mike Schwartz is as well. Uh, this year, we've seen them, because they have the personnel, we've seen them full court press more and force teams to be uncomfortable, take more time to, to get it to the front court, and then not be able to set up in their half-court offense as much because they have three really quick uh, and effective guards in Vescovy, Ziegler, and Chandler. Uh, they didn't have that. They, they didn't really have a true point guard last year. So uh, they also didn't have the depth last year that they did on this year's team. So they couldn't do it, and they didn't do it uh, in terms of full-court pressing. That's, that's what's going to be his style, is what's best for his players. And, uh, and, but one thing's for sure, they'll man you up, they're going to be under your chin, and then if they need to change things based on how the game is going or the matchup, he's going to have an answer and an adjustment, and that's something that the best coaches do. You know, kind of like Matt was saying, Vince, um, one of the things that made me um, – or some of the things that made me feel really good about this hire um, – you know, with what we know uh, right now, um, you know, you know, he had been recognized a few seasons ago by the Athletic as one of the top 25 up-and-coming college basketball coaches. Uh, like you mentioned, um, strong loyalty there to Rick Barnes. Obviously, going back to his days at Texas as a walk-on and as a graduate assistant, uh, Coach Barnes. You know, he's won everywhere he's been: um, George Mason, Providence, Clemson, Texas, and now Tennessee. Um, more than 750 wins, and everybody knows what he's done. So I think uh, his opinion is certain, certainly valued, and, uh, you know, he'd hate to lose a guy like Mike Schwartz, but at the same time, he's obviously going to be happy for him. Vince, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I think no, I lost no you there for no a problem. second. But, yeah, um, absolutely, you would hate to lose him, but – you know, I, I, I'm, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, he prepares guys to be ready to go. And, you know, we've kind of been through it before with those other assistants that have gone on to be head coaches. He talks them up all the time. Rick, Rick Barnes has, has said all the time he thinks he has the best coaching staff in the country. He is aware that these guys are, are going to run their own program and, uh, and do a great job at it. It's going to happen. And it has happened, and I'm, I know it's going to happen with, with Mike Schwartz. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that didn't hear his name for some of those SEC coaching openings that popped up. Not, now, maybe, you know, I've been tied up with, with Tennessee and, uh, and stuff, so I, I don't know. Maybe he was on some list, and maybe they wanted to go other directions, or, or maybe they're still looking at that. I don't know, but um, he's a guy that's had other opportunities. And Rick Barnes believes in him, and he's going to be ready. I don't think there's any doubt about that uh, because he's waited for the right one, and that should be a real compliment to East Carolina that he, even, if, even though there's been some struggles there and had to make a change, he sees – he does his homework, man, and, and he's going to see the potential of that school – or else he wouldn't take that job. Uh, so I, I think that's another thing that should should make fans feel good that he he understands there's some some real upside to to that East Carolina job. 
to your point, um, you know, Tim Brando, um, so well respected, Tim Brando chimed in uh, when this news broke on Monday saying, uh, long overdue, a uh, really good coach. Uh, then he also had Jimmy Dykes, um, you know, well known analyst on ESPN and former coach, say a star in the making. Uh, you also had, um, you know, former Rick Barnes assistant, Kim English, the head coach now at George Mason, saying the absolute best. Uh, so happy for Mike. Humble, hardworking, smart. Mike Schwartz is everything that's right about college basketball. So um, th there you have some of the national reaction. And, um, you, know, you know, Matt, did you have anything else for Vince? Yeah, I mean, just, just thinking about everything that Vince was saying, it's amazing, you know, how different college basketball is now. I mean, you look at the success that Tennessee's had here in recent years, you know, it can be such a gift and a, and a curse at the same time because, you know, all of a sudden Tennessee has really elevated their program. And, you know, but now you have one-and-dones, right? Very hard to replace one-and-dones. You get the five-star recruits that have a big impact right away. They go to the NBA. It adds a lot of pressure in recruiting because you have to replace those guys. And now you look at, you know, arguably your top assistant coach. Um, now, all of a sudden, Rick Barnes has to find a way to, to, to replace him. So it goes to show what a great job, you know, Barnes has done there, you know, over the years building this program. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, this type of experience that, that, that Michael Schwartz has has gained that Tennessee is going to serve us well here. So, you know, I'm very excited about it. And um, I'm not sure and if we look, got so Vince. Vince, are, are you can back? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, Running low no on, uh, on battery here. So hopefully you guys can uh, I can get to the finish line here. Um, just a quick, a quick story on Mike Schwartz. Uh, there at the end of the Kentucky game, uh, Barnes with about 13 seconds to go, Barnes and Mike Schwartz had a real animated, hard, enthusiastic slap of the hands, like a, a low five. And then they hugged. And I asked Rick Barnes about that moment in the post game. He, he elaborated on it. He said, you know, I, I think so highly of, of Mike Schwartz and you know that that's who I was thinking of in that moment because of the work that he's putting in and, and he said that the night before Mike Schwartz went up to him and said uh coach let me know if you if you need anything and Barnes is like what are you doing right now he's like I uh, got a pot of coffee and I'm I'm watching film uh and he was up really late doing it and he said that that's just the kind of guy he is and just grinding all the time. And I, I, you know, I can't tell you, I know I've, you know, talked to him outside of, uh, you know, of covering him at a press conference. He's a tremendous guy. Uh, actually it, his wife teaches yoga that I took classes and kind of found out from him that, Hey, uh, I think you take uh, yoga with my wife. So, um, you know, just uh, he's a terrific guy and, uh, you know, just the experience that he's gotten at Tennessee and waiting for the right gig, I think is, you know, set him up for, for great success. Vince, um, appreciate your time this morning. Um, before we let you go, I know you're there 
um, in Indianapolis and covering the Vols, number three seed, taking on number 14, uh, Longwood. And the in Longwood, they have a very unique story, uh, head coach, Griff Aldrich, uh, you know, he had been in private business for 15 to 20 years as a lawyer and AAU coach there in the greater Houston area. Uh, so just tell us what you've learned about him and uh, how you see this matchup playing out. Obviously, Tennessee's like a 17 or 18 point favorite. Uh, we believe we lost Vince there and his battery died on him, but appreciate his time this morning. Again, that was Vince. Okay, uh, Vince is back with us. Yeah, sorry about that. I guess maybe some no tough areas in between towns. <laughs> but no, I was just saying, uh, obviously, you're covering uh, Tennessee against number 14 seed Longwood. Uh, so they have a very unique story with their head coach, Griff Altridge. Um, so just tell us what you've learned about him and, um, and uh, talk about that matchup. Obviously, Tennessee's a heavy favorite, 17 points. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, they're a unique team, obviously Big South champs, uh, uh, the team that has a couple of ingredients that you typically see in teams that can, you know, make runs sort of as Cinderella's and pull some upsets in that they shoot the, the three well and they're experienced. And those are two things that, uh, you know, you see a lot of those uh, a lot of teams that pull upsets, they have those two things. So, uh, but Tennessee has been elite defensively. And they're, as great as their defensive numbers have been all year, it's gone to a new level this year. And part of that, something we probably didn't talk about enough with Mike Schwartz, is player development. Uh, he has been key in making guys buy in defensively understanding their roles. Uh, Mike Schwartz is in those guys' ears and mentoring them. And uh, he deserves a ton of credit for a lot of guys getting better in the program over the time he's been here. So that's another plus. But Tennessee's gotten so good defensively and getting out to shooters and understanding who their shooters are um, and, and, develop, and following the scout, which Mike Schwartz is always a part of. Um, and, and so they, they are so quick defensively that I, I think Tennessee will do a good job against a three-point shooting of Longwood. And I would expect Tennessee to, to have a good first game. You know, get, get a little bit tougher after that but with Colorado State or Michigan. But, uh, but yeah, first things first, uh, they, they handled things in the in neutral court really well down in Tampa. And there was the questions about them, oh, how would they play away from Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville where they were undefeated. Tennessee answered those questions on a neutral court in Tampa just fine. And uh, I think I think they'll handle this experience well, also, and um, you know, uh, take care of business, and then we'll see who they play uh, on Saturday if they do. Yeah, uh, really appreciate your time this morning, spending a half hour of your drive with us. Um, you know, enjoy your time there in Indy. Nothing like uh, these first four days, uh, Thursday through Sunday of the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, it's one, one of my favorite days or favorite, you know, series of days, um, favorite weekends, if you will, in uh, in sports uh, right up there. I'm, I'm a college football guy, but, um, you know, this is uh, one of those things um, that's right up there with, in my opinion, you know, uh, some of the, the college bowl games, and then obviously Omaha uh, with the College World Series. I love these first four days of the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, for sure. Right up there. I, I got a chance to be with the Tennessee baseball team. I call those those games as well. Uh, first time for me in Omaha, uh, you know, this past summer. So that was cool. And we'll see if we get to go to another big event with Tennessee and Mike Schwartz a part of it. I know that will that will make the East Carolina fans, if this gets uh, completed, feel even better about who they're bringing in when you're on that big of a stage and you got the top of six. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Vince, tell folks how they can follow you on social media. I have your uh, Twitter account there on the screen, at Vince Sports. Uh, but tell folks how they can hear your work. And, uh, you know, if you have anything out there in uh, written format, maybe as well. I believe we're having some technical difficulties with Vince, but uh, really appreciate uh, Vince Ferrara's time this morning. Again, you can follow him at Vince Sports on Twitter, 991 The Sports Animal there in Knoxville. I'm sure you can listen online by searching 991 The Sports Animal and also the Vol Network. Uh, as you heard, uh, he does some play by play work for the Tennessee baseball team um, as he was with them in Omaha. A uh, season ago, but uh, really appreciate your time this morning, Vince. Uh, we'll we'll let you go. I know you're driving, and we had some technical difficulties, but uh, excellent information there, uh, Matt, uh, regarding what we believe will be the new head men's basketball coach at East Carolina University, Mike Schwartz. Yeah, no doubt. I really enjoyed that conversation. It's it's great to get the <clears throat> the inside scoop on, on Coach Michael Schwartz. And you know, let, let's let's face it, Bob. This has been a a a an interesting week for East Carolina basketball, to say the least. I think I think you do have a, I would say, a divide in base here um, personally, uh, and this has nothing to do with with Coach Schwartz. Uh, you know, but personally, I thought that. Uh, Coach Joe Dooley had had earned himself uh, another year here. Um, I was I was not in favor of firing him. Um, I thought he had sort of earned that right. And then, you know, I I had a chance to to, to listen to the uh, interview on Pirate Radio earlier this week, and Coach Dooley discussed some of the APR issues he had and the fact that for several years here he wasn't in a position to bring in a grad a graduate transfer like a Vance Jackson. So he was dealing with, with a lot um, here at East Carolina when he, he inherited a bad situation with the APR. Um, he then had COVID uh, to deal with the pandemic. So I thought he was deserving of at the very least another year to get this program continued moving in the right direction. But, you know, you can't, you can't erase the past. And, and right now, uh, the decision has been made and all signs indicate that Michael Schwartz will be the next coach here. And, you know, just, just to focus on him for a second, I'm very excited about his upside. I think he's certainly ready for it, Bubba. And, you know, he's got 22 years as an assistant and very impressive guy. He's, he's highly regarded in coaching circles. Um, you, you know, you see people like Tim Brando uh, tweeting about him and, and, you know, on social media. So, you know, I have no doubt, you know, that, that he's a, a great hire. Um, uh, he's going to have to hit the, the, the ground running here. It's very different from Tennessee. He's going to have to work the portal intensely um, here over the next few months. So, you know, I know that's, that's a mouthful Bubba, but that's, you know, just to kind of sum up the last week or so here at East Carolina. Yeah, man. No doubt to make 
and thoughts and perspective there, Matt, and uh, you know, a little bit more about Coach Schwartz. And we talked about him, his background. Uh, you know, he, was, he played at Beverly Hills High School, then went to, to so Sonoma State, excuse me, and then after Sonoma State, went to the University of Texas where he walked on, um, earned that spot on the roster, but then kind of went the Lincoln Riley route, if you will, um, in as a GA at Texas um, and then spent the following season uh, they are 0102 at Long Beach State as a video coordinator returned in the same video coordinator role for Coach Barnes from 02 to 04 uh, spent a year at future conference member uh, UTSA way back in 04-05 and then he had um, Connection uh, with Frank Haith, uh, spent, I think, five or six seasons with Coach Haith at Miami, um, during which he was director of basketball ops for two years and then also an assistant coach uh, for three or four years. Um, then he spent four seasons with Rodney Terry at Fresno State there in the Mountain West. Um, the last of those seasons with Fresno State, he was also an associate head coach. So uh, he's been an associate head coach now. Uh, for not only Rick Barnes, but also uh, Rodney Terry at Fresno. And then he reunited with Frank Haith in the 15-16 year um, at Tulsa. And then he's been in Knoxville with Rick Barnes, uh, his former coach and boss at the University of Texas, now at Tennessee um, since 2016. Uh, so a much different resume than, you know, some of the assistant coaches we've hired for other sports. Um, you know, you can going back to that coach Mo hire, uh, not that Scotty Montgomery is not a, de- not a decent assistant coach, but he was clearly, um, in over his head in a ways in a, in a very tough situation, uh, where you had a, a beloved coach fired and he walked into a situation where it was going to be very hard for him to win uh, no matter how well he did. But, uh, but uh, I think this is a much different situation. We'll see how Coach Schwartz does, but I'll certainly be pulling for him. I want the Pirates to be successful, and I think there's an awful lot to like about this hire. Um, and I understand, you know, some of those schools that he's been at have much greater basketball tradition. Most programs do, um, but he he does uh, have the ability to say, you know, he's recruited and you know, signed and coached 15 different NBA players. Um, over, over the last 15 to 20 years. Uh, so that's something you can point to in recruiting. And uh, I love the fact that he's described as a grinder, selfless, does not seek attention, and he's not self-promoting. Uh, you know, he's a walk-on. He's a GA. He's director of basketball ops at multiple places. Uh, and he earned his way up to an associate head coach. And then uh, Coach Rick Barnes, you know, some of the comments that he made about him, uh, just talking about, what a quick and easy decision that was uh, to, to bring Coach Schwartz on at Tennessee, that he loved everything about him and that he's the whole package. So to have those, that's very high praise from a guy that's won over 750 games like Rick Barnes and uh, a proven head coach at five different institutions. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, that that reputation as a grinder is really going to serve him well here because let's face it, when you're when you're a head coach at East Carolina basketball, recruiting is not it's not traditional it can be very unorthodox you have to work all channels um his international 
relationships could come into play. Certainly his ability, I, in my opinion, his ability to work the portal is going to be sort of the make or break factor for him here at East Carolina. In, in this day and age, you have to be able to work the portal. And I think his success there will ultimately determine how far he goes here. Now, right off the bat, I think he's going to face a very interesting situation with Tristan Newton. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse and, and speculate too much, but there's, hey, let's face it, there's rumors out there. Will Tristan Newton stay? Will he decide to move on possibly and transfer to another school? I, I think if, if Coach Schwartz, you know, if, if he can somehow uh, win over Tristan, if they can have a great, you know, conversation and, and, and Tristan decides to stay here, I think that could propel him to a, to a quick start here. Um, however, if, if Tristan does decide to move on, like it's, let's, let's face it, there's rumors out there. I think that's a big setback. Um, and it could certainly make his first few years here a lot more challenging. So the way I see it, his first order of business, in my opinion, win over Tristan Newton find a way to keep him at East Carolina that will help stabilize this roster um, and hopefully get him off to a quick start here. Yeah, no doubt on that first order of business for sure is uh, in terms of roster management is to do just that. And Tristan Newton, a guy that was the second team, all AAC player. And let's be honest, if he was playing for, um, for another program, you know, if he had a, had a roster, you know, not a roster, but a team that had a, a better record and wasn't and wasn't uh, fifteen and fifteen, or you know, just had a, had the name of a, of a Memphis or something like that. And uh, he would possibly have been a first team All Conference performer, but uh, tremendous player. Um, I love him from the from the time I saw his high school film. And I know a lot were um, you know kind of. Skeptical about it, but I uh, love everything I saw from Tristan Newton, and he has certainly uh, lived up to that and more uh, during his three seasons in the purple and gold. And I uh, would love to have him back for a couple more. Uh, you know, just reporting facts here, um, and this is certainly something that's able to be reversed. Um, but on social media, you know, Tristan did remove everything East Carolina related uh, as of you know two or three days ago when all this news was um, coming out. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, all signs point to him likely moving on and playing elsewhere, um, you know, be it somewhere back in the state of Texas, like Texas A&M with Steve Rockefort being on the staff there at A&M uh, with Buzz Williams. But uh, we shall see in the coming days. Uh, you also have a guy like Brandon Suggs, who when we saw this year, uh, even though he doesn't do anything great, uh, he do, does a lot of things very well. And um, that would be a huge loss. Also, um, with Brandon Suggs, the native of Powder Springs, Georgia. No doubt about it. And, you know, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And and, and, it, and, it, and again, it's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Bubba, about, you know, how effective can Coach Schwartz be in the transfer portal? He, he's going to need to to identify guys quickly. Uh, for next year and and you know the, the, the two guys you know you, you look at Newton you look at Suggs they're they're really foundational pieces here um, you know Suggs like you said he, he doesn't do one thing great but he's a he's a glue guy I mean it seems like every game he's in there he's taking charges he 
He plays great defense. He's long. He's got length. He can challenge shots. Um, you know, he, he definitely is a difference maker on the floor, and it shows in the win-loss record. So you got to find a way to keep those guys. I know it's going to be a tall order. Um, but And I'll tell you, the other thing I think it's going to be really interesting here, we mentioned earlier, is, is you know, the, the double duty that Coach Schwartz is going to have to pull here because I do anticipate Tennessee to make a long run uh, in March Madness. And uh, I think for him to win over the fan base here, you know, obviously you have to win the press conference. That's always a big thing. But if he can show, you know, that he's pulling double duty and, and making strides as a coach uh, during their run, I think that would sort of help win the fan base over too. So uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch this play out here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, Dave unable to join us this morning here on the show, uh, but chiming in a little bit on Facebook, he said, will Coach Schwartz get the commitment that he needs to be successful? Um, that's obviously been so well documented in this whole Joe Dooley situation. Um, and that led, or at least was one of the major factors to being uh, or there being a poor relationship between John Gilbert and Joe Dooley, you know, who knows, maybe there was uh, not much of a relationship anyway, but that certainly uh, contributed heavily to things uh, from all indications. But I would imagine, you know, with the, the background that um, John Gilbert has uh, with Coach Schwartz, uh, that in addition to him simply being uh, John Gilbert's hire, um, that he is going to get a commitment that Coach Dooley didn't. And now how much greater of a commitment uh, we shall see. It's going to be very interesting later on this afternoon to see the contract details. Um, Coach Dooley um, was making between 900000 and a million this year. And he was next year in year five, he was going to be making a million dollars and had that base salary of 400000 But uh, with everything factored in, the Pirate Club money, um, and all the incentives, so on and so forth. It was going to be a, a $1 million uh, salary for Joe Dooley. So not only his contract, but then also how much money in the assistant coaches pool, um, salary pool, if you will, because, um, you know, really, if you look at it, Matt, um, you know, we had some, you know, very proven uh, quality assistant coaches with Steve DeMeo, uh, also Antoine Jackson, George Wright Easy, et cetera. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm glad. I'm glad Dave brought that up. And this is this is a conversation we've had a lot here. You know, Dave uh, has really sort of brought this to light. Um, you know, and 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 for for any coach to be successful, you have to have the resources to back you up. And you know, it's quite evident, um, at least from what we hear, that 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 Coach Dooley never felt like he, he fully had that backing or or the resources. To, to quite be successful here. So you got to think, Hey, this, this is a move that, that John Gilbert has made here. Um, it's, you do have a divided fan base. John Gilbert's officially on the clock. Um, this is his hire. It's, it's again, it's the, the worst kept secret in basketball. Um, it's been rumored here for a while. Um, he's on the clock. So, you know, I would think that, this administration is going to give Michael Schwartz everything he needs to be successful. You certainly hope so, right? For his, for his um, future and his ability to be successful here, you hope that he's given the resources and everything he needs to, to get this program 
uh, or continue moving in the right direction, I should say, because it really is moving in the right direction. Um, but to get it to the next level, which is what we all want, he's going to need more resources, especially in recruiting. So, you know, you got to believe John Gilbert's going to do everything he can here to, to support his hire. Um, but it is unfortunate that Joe Dooley, you know, never really got everything he needed uh, from that standpoint. You, know, you talk about recruiting, um, some of the money being spent there. Um, like you say, it will be interesting to see how that changes. I know in football and baseball, a lot of times um, Cliff Godwin and then Mike Houston, they have access to um, to the private jets of donors uh, where they can make recruiting trips much more uh, efficiently and then you know, get back to campus to, to carry out other aspects of the job. So it will be interesting to see if Mike Schwartz uh, will have that uh, luxury uh, to, to go recruiting with a private jet, uh, at least at times, if not exclusively. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Also, the team, um, much was made about chartering two away games, especially, you know, those conference games, uh, missing less class time. Uh, so um, this year we did charter during the week, uh, but on the weekend uh, where class would not be missed, uh, we flew commercially. So that's another aspect of this deal. Um, Al Glover chimed in on Facebook saying, was the entire ECU coaching staff fired? Now, um, you, you always have a head coach. Um, I mean, the head coach has the option, Al, of, you know, talking to the outgoing assistant coaches like Antoine Jackson, Steve DeMayo, et cetera. And if he opts to keep those uh, gentlemen on staff, then uh, that could very well be a possibility. Uh, we'll see what direction uh, Coach Schwartz chooses to go in uh, if he keeps any of the, the previous staff on board. Uh, you also had Elliot Jamison chiming in uh, when when Vince Ferrara was talking about some of the guys that that um, Coach Schwartz was able to lure to Tennessee and maybe other schools, um, he, he was just making the point that Obviously, Rick Barnes has a very, very established reputation. And then not only that, uh, Tennessee, um, even though they're not necessarily a brand name in basketball, they have that SEC um, lure, uh, you know, that they can use to attract recruits. So it will be interesting. That's a fair point by Elliott, um, you know, how – how Coach Schwartz will be able to recruit to East Carolina when he doesn't have that benefit, when he's selling things like, hey, come here. You have the opportunity to play a quality schedule in the American, but you have the chance to really make a stamp on a program and, and be a part of building something. Um, and, and that part is true. Um, um, he was selling that at Tennessee, albeit um, it's different at Tennessee than in East Carolina in terms of building a program up. He and Coach Barnes, um, they did not inherit a, a winner there, and they had to build that program up. Um, but certainly a fair points to think that it's easier to do so with with the SEC and uh, all the uh, financial uh, benefits you have from being at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think that's a great point. This is a down-and-dirty job. You have to get your hands dirty when you're the head coach at East Carolina for basketball. You just – Nothing is going to come easy. Uh, the recruiting battles, the wins in recruiting um, on the trail are not going to come easy. Um, so that's, but but I think that is a, a a great thing about hiring 
a younger guy who's an up and comer and it's his first job as a head coach, he's going to be, he's going to do everything in his power to, to take this program to the next level because, Hey, let's face it. If, if we're fortunate enough and if he does a great job here in three or four years, he could be, you know, there could be sec schools trying to poach him away from East Carolina, which would be a great problem to have. Right. So, He's I he I think the stage of his career he's in, uh, his first head coaching job, he's gonna want to get down into the mud. He's gonna want to get his hands dirty, and and do everything in his power to win here. So, I think it makes sense. I think it I think it's a lot more reasonable than going out and hiring a coach who, you know, um, may have had two or three jobs by now and at a different stage in his career. So, um, I'm personally excited about who he is i think the timing is right for him i think he's got great experience um and uh you know i'm I'm hoping certainly hoping that he is the guy to get us to the next level yeah no doubt uh, i think any any pirate fan even if you are uh understandably frustrated with how everything seemingly went down with um uh, the dismissal of Joe Dooley and um, maybe some of the lack of support there and uh, the dynamics with that relationship or the lack thereof um, with John Gilbert. Um, If you're pulling for the Pirates, um, obviously you want Mike Schwartz to be successful. It's okay to be uh, ticked off about uh, some of those things that I just mentioned and still pull for Mike Schwartz because Mike Schwartz, um, you know, he he didn't have anything to do with that. Um, He's just looking forward to being a head coach for the first time. And I understand there are definitely reasons to be skeptical, but at the same time, uh, you know, to some of the people that point out, as much as it would be nice to have someone with head coaching experience, uh, there's plenty of examples of uh, that not working out. And it's certainly not uh, because a lot of those individuals weren't excellent head coaches. So you can point to the lack of support, uh, support where it wasn't even to the point it was. Uh, for Joe Dooley, uh, the job has gotten better, but um, you know, still, the lack of support uh, relative to the competition—that's the big thing that you have to keep in mind. Yes, we're paying the coach a lot more than we've ever paid a coach. Um, although Jeff Lebo did uh, make a very similar uh, salary uh, when he resigned uh, back uh, several seasons ago, so it, it's all those other things. You know, the other aspects of the program that a lot of people don't think about where we're talking about more financial support, not necessarily the head coach's salary. But um, on the whole, I think uh, a lot of things to like. Uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. And uh, I think if you're going to go the assistant coach route, uh, I think we made an excellent hire. Uh, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, we'll see what kind of staff he's able to assemble. Uh, you know, some of the, the comments that he'll make to the media, hopefully later on this afternoon. And uh, we'll see uh, what type of uh, thoughts he has about East Carolina university um, here initially. And we'll see how he kind of develops those relationships. If he gets out in the community and does things to really uh, sell East Carolina basketball and help it become what we all want it to become. Yeah. I think that's uh, really well said Bubba and, and, and I think the administration needs to continue looking themselves in the mirror and ask, hey, what do we want to be here? You know, do we want to be a team that competes for, for uh, championships in the American Conference? Or do we want to continue to be a, you know, sort of middle of the pack team to, that, uh, 
you know, is, is, is sort of, uh, champing at the bit to, uh, to get up to the upper echelon in the conference. So a uh, lot, lots of questions, but, um, I, I am certainly excited about, about this hire and, uh, you know, looking towards the future. And we had a lot of people chiming in on YouTube as well as Facebook, Matt, just saying, you know, why were um, people like Will Wade, who was let go at LSU, despite them having a top 25 caliber season, them being in the NCAA tournament, why was a coach like that um, not considered? Obviously, Will Wade has some baggage, um, and that's maybe something that you would be a little more quick to look past now in this day and age um, with the NIL and so forth, but I think what it boiled down to, be it Will Wade or other assistant coaches or head coaches for that matter, a guy like Tim Kraft at Gardner-Webb who's done a very nice job, I think it was um, very apparent that uh, John Gilbert had been uh, honed in on Mike Schwartz for uh, quite some time. And, you know, like it or uh, dislike it, you got to give John Gilbert credit in that regard. Uh, you know, he, he had his man and he went and got his man in a hurry. And, um, you know, within a matter of 72 hours or so, East Carolina had um, its man in Mike Schwartz. And I think it's also a reflection, you know, of the relationship that we had heard about between John Gilbert and, and Rick Barnes and how much stock he put in uh, Coach Barnes' opinion. And um, hopefully it will pan out for the Pirates. But uh, appreciate Vince Ferrara, um, again, on his way to Indianapolis to cover Tennessee and their Thursday afternoon game against Longwood, uh, taking on the Lancers in the 3-14 matchup in the South region. But uh, appreciate his time spending a half hour with us and giving us his candid thoughts on uh, what all signs point to being the new head coach for East Carolina men's basketball, Mike Schwartz. But um, before we get out of here, uh, some of our upcoming content, you had spring football get underway uh, for East Carolina on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so we'll be having – uh, some positional previews, and we'll talk about, um, you know, secondary, the offensive line, and so on and so forth. Uh, we'll have Warren Stable on the program uh, maybe later today or tomorrow, and uh, we'll take a look at that Pirates secondary that has grown so much under Steve Ellis and Trip Weaver. Um, but for Matt Semenza, I'm Bubba Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective in a special edition of Pirate Basketball Overtime. Have a great day, everyone. Take care, and as always, go Pirates.